Hello and welcome to The Ponder, the podcast all about vulnerability, self-reflection, and curiosity. I'm Aaron, and on today's pod, I'll be sharing about the topic of sensitivity. Stay tuned. So first off, when I talk about sensitivity, I'm not so much talking about, you know, our main five senses. I'm mostly talking about the innermost emotional and intuitive parts of ourselves, or in this case, me. You know, I've always been what people would describe as sensitive or a sensitive person, uh, not not by my own definition or by my own like description have I come to this. It's mainly been kind of other experiences and outward people whom have kind of strung this together for me. Uh, one of those people being my mom, who uh, once told me, I don't remember the story verbatim, but it's very close to um, playing with other kids and then maybe someone takes a toy away from me and, you know, through sniffling tears, um, my mom at, or my mom asked me while I'm like, obviously upset and like sort of, uh, like on the brink, on the brink of tears. And my mom asked me like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I go, no, I'm fine. You know, I'm good. And I was like, probably, you know, under five years old at that time. Um, you know, and seeing that I'm standing like completely straight, you know, maybe fit a fist clenched, uh, just, you know, sniffling, but you know, I was, I was holding it all in, holding it back. Um, not trying to, you know, burst into tears. And, you know, I think, you know, I mean, that was, that was my natural programming at the time. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't think about what I was doing. I was like probably, you know, three to four, maybe five. I wasn't, uh, trying to do anything. That was just how I was, I was functioning at such a young age. You know, I wanted to be strong, you know, I wanted to be durable and unwavering. Um, you know, even though I guess I really wasn't, you know, I never wanted to show that, you know, others had, you know, affected me or, or something had, uh, upset me or, you know, tripped me up in some way. Never wanted that. Never wanted that. Um, there's a particular scene in Zootopia where uh, the animated film by Disney, uh, I think is back in like maybe 2016 or whatever. And one of our main characters, Nick Wilde, um, is the cool, smooth talking and tough Fox character. Um, in the scene, he aids Judy Hopps, a, uh, the other main character protagonist, uh, the, bright-eyed, you know, gung-ho, but easy target um, of her other cop friends or colleagues. And she gets kind of discouraged. And at a crucial moment in time, you know, uh, Nick, you know, interjects into uh, the conversation and basically gets Judy out of a very kind of discouraging conversation. Gets her out of a pinch and they head off. And you know, Judy uh, shyly says thank you, but Nick doesn't say thank you back. He says, never let them see that they get to you. And he's referring to the other cops in this kind of tough environment. 
And he's telling Judy, you know, never let them see that what they do really has affected you. And to me, this was, this was, you know, a great line, but something I was like completely already knew even before anyone had ever had to tell me that, you know, like that was kind of my natural preset that I came with um, when I was born. And so that line to me just stuck out because it was kind of just a verbalization of what I had already been doing. And, you know, in the movie, it cuts back to a scene of where, you know, Nick the fox is getting bullied by other, you know, small children characters. And, you know, he has a moment where, you know, he runs outside, takes a breath, but he's like crying. And then like, you know, kind of this, uh, this emotional moment is, is wrapped up by him, uh, in the, in the present, you know, being solemn about it, you know, not letting it get to him. And for me, this was, um, I guess an example of what I kind of did naturally. I never wanted people to see that it got to me because I was, or am pretty sensitive. You know, one example of this is, you know, when someone says something slightly rude or unpleasant to me, I think it was, um, maybe like offhandedly, um, somewhat, you know, down low jab at me, you know, maybe not, you know, direct and, and fearsome, but it was kind of just like a side elbow that kind of dug into me. I remember I walked around, um, and I kind of walked up into my uh, bathroom and I, uh, looked in the mirror and I was, you know, a bit pissed. And I was like saying like, you know, I don't care. I don't care. Screw that guy. Like, yeah, that's, I'll mess that guy up, you know, like, whatever, I don't care, you know, I was repeating that statement, I was, I was talking to myself in the mirror, like, next time that guy says something to me, I'm gonna do this, or, like, I'm gonna do that, you know, I was, like, um, I was saying whatever a lot, like, whatever, whatever, doesn't bother me, like, that dude, whatever, you know, like, that dude doesn't even know how much I don't care, Right, and I was uh, just repeating this a lot, and kind of going around in circles, until I felt better. But you know, I, I didn't I didn't find that kind of peace yet. But um, I began to feel my feet hurt. You know, in the middle of my monologue, my feet began to ache. So I was I was you know kind of confused, and it was like this you know aching that really grabbed my attention. I was like, oh what? You know, why are my feet hurt? And I look down and I look around and I find the clock and it says that I've been standing there for 20 minutes in the bathroom, repeating nearly the same lines over to myself over and over and over again. And at that moment, I really realized, hey, maybe I really do care. Maybe I really do care that that person said something to me because I've been standing here for 20 minutes boasting to the mirror saying that I don't care. To me, those are the actions of someone who obviously cares. So I had to, you know, that was, uh, you know, look in the mirror for me. That was a, you know, reflective moment to where I kind of realized, hey, maybe I do care uh, a bit. And, you know, kind of hopping back um, before I kind of realized this, um, and I'm connecting a lot of things here, but my ideal, like, character that I enjoyed watching, another movie reference, um, was, 
you know, Hugh Jackman as Logan from the X-Men series of movies. I always loved that character. Um, I, I had many of his action figurines as a kid. Um, that was probably the only character in which I had multiple uh, after each movie came out during the early 2000s. I had each one of his films that came out, a new action figure came out, and I think I had it. I think I had alternate versions with different outfits. I had several of them, uh, even at one, um, one, at one time. You know, in some ways, I felt similar to the character. He was an outsider. He was wild. He was angry. Um, I related. But the part in which I wanted to be like that I felt I wasn't was his strong and his steely gaze, his demeanor when put in, you know, situations of stress and when people hurt him. He could, he had the power and the, you know, the toughness to fight back or to, you know, do something about it. He was still powerful when he was angry or when he was uh, hurt. And he has, if you know anything about this character, he has like this, you know, even if he gets cut, he can heal really fast. So he's like very, you know, durable, fighting ready. He's like the, the typical, like strong, stoic, like fighter character. And I loved it. That was one of my favorite characters growing up because I, I, I mean, that was the ideal, you know, that was like, ah, oh, you know, tough, you know, angry, but yet powerful and, you know, and stoic. He was, you know, all these things wrapped into one, uh, which I kind of always wanted to be, but never could really live up. Of course, he's a fictional character, but even in my own life, you know, it wasn't, um, able to be replicated, uh, even in the slight, in small ways. It really wasn't. Um, I never tried like to, I never even dressed up as him, you know, come to think of it, but, uh, it was more of this, I guess, adoration or ad admiration for the character and what he represented. Um, not the ideal I hold now, but at the time, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to be. Because I was so not that. I was so much the opposite of that. Um, you know, I mentioned that my preset, my natural disposition was to be, you know, kind of sensitive and or also try to hide things that hurt me. And even though I did that, it wasn't like nothing affected me, right? So the character, you know, things would bounce off of him or like when things did really, you know, mean something to him, it... He was able to use his, you know, powers and abilities to overcome all the obstacles and challenges and people, his oppressors or the people whom, you know, sought to hurt him. Like it was, it was all manageable. I think that's what was also quite attractive about this character. But for young, you know, Aaron, that wasn't the case. And even for adolescent Aaron, that really wasn't the case. And being sensitive always felt like a disadvantage early on. Um, it felt like I could do, I couldn't do other things that normal people could. Not like it was like a handicap in any way, but it was just sort of this feeling that, you know, held that held me back in a certain way. It made me feel like other people were fine with things that I really wasn't fine with, like things meant a whole lot more. So, you know, it's not like I was 
you know, afraid of like everything and like the world was like on fire all the time, but it just felt like things were, when things did come up, it felt like they were like twice the size that, you know, it would be to someone uh, else who wasn't as, I guess, you know, sensitive to, you know, these things, for instance, or like, you know, maybe I can give an example. Uh, one time I think I was like sick, uh, maybe in like the third grade and, you know, I missed a day of school, so I missed a lesson, and uh, I came back to school, and so we're moving on with the lesson, and the teacher goes, oh, you know, Aaron, you weren't here, you don't know about this. Um, another student um, picked out someone uh, who knew the subject and was like, oh yeah, hey, uh, Anna, go teach Aaron what we did yesterday. And so I went off to like a separate part of the room um, like pretty close by, but, uh, Anna was then teaching me, you know, what the lesson was from yesterday. And I remember this happening, but I, I felt so, you know, called out so behind, even though it was only a day, I felt, you know, very insecure that I was behind. And, uh, I remember even specifically what the lesson was about. It was about, you know, physics and friction in particular. And, I remember crying, you know, um, like at the other desk while this person, uh, this other student, is like teaching me how to, you know, the idea of friction, things rub together and make heat. And I remember just, you know, like tearing up, feeling like, wow, like I, I've, you know, fallen behind or like I'm not as smart as everybody because I missed like one lesson. And you know, it, it, looking back now, it sounds like really ridiculous, but, you know, at the time that was like, I don't know, a major thing for me, you know, uh, it meant a lot, even though it's like so simple. It's so, uh, it wasn't even like really my fault or, you know, it's nothing to feel, you know, bad about, but I felt, you know, deeply, uh, uncomfortable and sad by the fact that, you know, I had not known what everyone else had known and I had to be singled out um, and be, you know, separated and treated special like I didn't know anything. And so, uh, and it was made known by the teacher, you know, the head figure of the classroom whom, you know, said my name in front of everybody, called me out, I had to, you know, get up, walk in front of the class while everyone knew that I didn't know something, I think it's a, it's a, you know, at that point it might've been embarrassing for little Aaron, you know, and that, that feeling of being, you know, called out is, you know, one I think I didn't enjoy very much and which, you know, caused me to, you know, feel deeply, uh, saddened and shameful almost. Yeah. And like things like that, um, pretty simple things, you know, what people say, do, the situation, right? Wrapped up in that example, there's, you know, a couple aspects of that story that, you know, play a role in, in making it a sensitive or making the subject or the situation, um, you know, kind of an overload for me and making it affect me, right? And so I can't really pick apart all the times that, you know, I feel like I've been just a bit more sensitive to things than everybody else. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that that at the time was, you know, I guess not super uncommon. 
Um, not that I was sick a lot or that I skipped out, but like, you know, kind of these, these emotions of, you know, greater magnitude, I guess, than, you know, other kids and other things. Not to say that other kids weren't as sensitive, but I think just for myself, like, it was unusual and uncommon at that time. I just didn't see anybody else doing it. Maybe they they hit it like I did, but um, yeah, I guess who knows. I think that's a major part in which why, you know, now I seem to be on the outside very chill. When when people first meet me or, you know, I guess even when they get to know me a bit better too, I seem very like even keel, not really high energy, but not necessarily low energy, maybe slightly low energy sometimes. But, you know, we all kind of dip and flow between those, but mine has been been described by my friends and family as, you know, relatively even. And I believe that partly why that is, is because, you know, I don't want to have a lot of emotional variance in my life. Um, That, you know, it makes things uncomfortable, right? So, you know, being sensitive, there's a want for, you know, a less input because the input that does go in is usually enough like you know I don't need flashing lights and loud sounds and you know high energy people to be you know sufficiently stimulated so it's not necessarily necessary for a lot of you know stimulus you know people sometimes want like you know big loud um, you know, big ups, big downs. But for me, like, it's really uh, concerning when I do enter those, I guess, situations or media or uh, whatever, because I like to regulate, you know, how much um, emotional or like even physical stimulus that like goes in at a time. Um, I remember figuring out that I didn't want to have a lot of things back to back. I remember my mom asking me like, oh, do you want to do, you know, music lessons right after school? Or do you want to come back home, chill for a while, and then eat dinner and then go? Do you want to have soccer or like, you know, martial arts, you know, back to back? And, you know, other things like this, like, do you want to go to after school and then come back and then do, you know, or like on Saturdays, do you want to, you know, go see a movie, then go to your friend's party and then go to the park like you know uh, there's options here and I was always like no don't want that don't want to do multiple things back to back like it was always just too much I would get like really drained uh fast that has to do with a whole like introversion uh topic and energy discussion also like being a five and how that plays out but uh for this topic uh of sensitivity is because you know it relates because there's you know, a lot of input involved in those things. And, you know, it would, it would be just too much. It'd feel stressful. You know, I'm not sure if you can relate, but if you can think of a time where things just felt, you know, like they were too much, like the magnitude of all these things would really affect you, you know, on the inside, maybe mentally, you know, in the heart too. Uh, and then it got physical, like you were maybe, Uh, stressed by a lot of things that went on even though they may have seemed you know good or nice or you know mundane the things just added up to be too much and that's how I felt 
when things got you know pretty busy or hectic, it was just overload and it was just too much. I would have to retreat. I'd have to uh, get away, um, take some time just to recharge or to recenter, um, to stabilize. I I, I would, I'd probably describe it as you know stabilizing, getting back to mid level. You know, just thinking about. Um, this subject kind of brings up some other memories as well. Like just to throw example on a on top of examples is just, you know, even when I was learning to drive and I wasn't very good and then I, you know, obviously be a bit slower. And so like people would um, make, they, they'd be aggravated by my driving. And so they would, you know, swerve around me or like honk at me. And like as a, as a you know, sensitive, nervous person, um, at the time, like that, you know, really messed up my day. Cause like, I wasn't trying, I wasn't trying to mess up their day. Obviously I was just new and bad, but you know, that kind of like really made me feel, really made me feel bad. You know, I was like, Oh no, I've done something bad. Um, I'm not good. And this person is mad at me. Part of me was angry too. Like, dude, what the heck? I'm like, why you gotta act that way? But a lot of me also was also like, Oh no, like, Maybe I shouldn't do or drive this route, or maybe I should, you know, just stick to the slow lane. Um, those might have been good ideas, um, but the feeling I guess we're focusing on is me just feeling like um, incredibly nervous at the time, incredibly nervous, um, like jittery, just, um, you know, imagine like the nerves even in my body feeling, you know, electric and being kind of in that you know fritz of a state kind of panicked that's a good word panicked and distraught over it um i think that's also a great description of how i felt you know distraught um dismayed by you know the not only like the physical swerving of cars and you know fast motion and lights um but also like the like that person yelling through their window at me about something that I did moments ago. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to that, you know, taking that all in and feeling very, you know, maybe sorry, but also aggravated, knowing that they're annoyed that I'm doing my, doing my thing, but then I'm annoyed at that. And then I'm also like distraught about it. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes on, even in those, you know, a couple of moments for me, you know, I take that all in and it's, uh, uh, it wasn't a good time. You know, those are just slight moments that kind of like, and, and I'm, I'm drawing out a moment that's probably like, you know, five seconds. Um, but the, the impact of that, you know, five second moment per se, uh, is really like, it's quite large. You know, some people would be like, ah, you know, screw you, whatever. And then, you know, they go on with their day and they never think about it again and it's fine. But for me, like I can still remember those things can still remember how I felt about that and you know that's one of the stressors that you know got to me more than I think some other people or you know I guess there's another theory and my theory is that like people start out sensitive but then you know they they build shield they build what you know people call thick skin which is I guess a saying uh, that they are tougher, you know, you've got thick skin, things bounce off you, you don't get cut as easily, right? You don't get as hurt as easily as people with uh, thin skin. 
just anecdotally um, or in real life, I kind of do have thin skin, like funny enough. But anyways, uh, you know, that saying goes to, I guess, you know, people whom have built that, you know, they, they are grizzled by the time, you know, living, you know, through harshness and through um, trials. You know, I suppose, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, people testify and say that they now have thick skin, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, nothing affects them or it's whatever. I suppose, you know, life experience plays a, plays a role because I'm certainly not as sensitive as I was when I was three, but I still consider myself, on, upon average of what I see, um, a bit more sensitive than the usual. Uh, than the than the normal person, um, I feel like that you know, it's a natural disposition that we have, but that we kind of learn to either shave down or you know cover up in order to survive in a how we say harsh world, you know, one that doesn't um, pull a lot of punches. It just kind of you know hits you straight on, and so you know I'm not sure how other people do it, um, like how they you know really batten it down and really have themselves together for me i just you know have a you know a cold face you know i hold it near the surface but just just behind my face you know and so as as to not show but it's kind of obvious because you know if you if you really look it's probably obvious but i try my best not to make it obvious you know and i don't feel like i've I've made my thin, my thin, well, my thin skin thick. I feel like it's just merely gotten maybe very minimally thicker. I'm not sure I love this analogy, at least describing it kind of just anatomical and weird uh, skin. But anyways, jumping back to sort of life being less, you know, stimulated and therefore less, you know, abrupt and, you know, distressing. Uh, I think that, you know, ties in well with being, you know, a five on the Enneagram, you know, sorry to relate it back to, you know, something uh, from the first episode, but, you know, I think that's why, you know, fives withdraw from life. You know, I've read and seen, you know, videos of people expressing that, you know, fives, you know, have you know, a very deep, sensitive nature, but that they cover it up with, you know, I guess, objectivity and, you know, a, a, you know, a very withdrawn approach to life and people because they are so, you know, deeply sensitive to many things. And I think that's uh, a misunderstanding of fives people usually see the outside and they go oh you know this dude is you know insensitive you know it, they see it as the opposite than which it really is it's merely a cover though i think you know for most fives um that and you know depending on the wing we could you know argue if that's you know fully true or not but um getting out of like the the weeds here you know it, it's it's a part i think of every five but just to what degree and then also um the kind of if you understand that portion then the actions of a five become less you know mysterious and less 
unknown, and they kind of become more, you know, sensible if you're thinking about the mechanism in which um, fives operate in. You know, to be uh, safe, they have to withdraw, and to be, you know, the biggest fear um, of being, you know, taken advantage of and being, um, you know, over uh, stimulated becomes kind of more understandable. But I think that it's it's tough to understand from the outside, and even you know explaining it has been a bit difficult. And I think that kind of ties into why no one or not many really understand the five to that degree. Some people make it too simple. Some people just go in a different direction. Um, but you know, you know, really nailing it on the head of you know sensitivity and withdrawing. It kind of seems like so oh yeah like easy like oh you don't want to be around things because you can't take it okay i get it like that's a bit of a simplified version that i think people take um too much to they kind of run with it um but you know it's 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 been it's a bit more than that uh it's a bit more than that it's it's kind of more nuanced in the ways of like it's about protection you know the main priority here protection it's a different lens and i think the the very fact that people don't understand that as like a common thing or understand that even when they're told that you know i think that goes to show that people you know being misunderstood will only like reinforce like the five's behavior like misunderstanding like if the five doesn't understand and this is becoming a bit of like a five mini episode but um you know if the if people don't understand if the five knows that people don't understand them then their actions well i think will just double down to be honest like if no one understands then they will just you know double down because like really now their life is now justified if they have maybe expressed in the past and people haven't gotten it i can only imagine that their actions of a five their kind of main natural actions of a five will just you know become even more prevalent because now they really have to uh, their fear is now validated no one understands and you know i have to protect myself really and i have to withdraw and i think that's that's kind of like fuel to the flame it's just you know it it doesn't it only enables them more and so i think that's that's been a part of my story i know i'm sure or maybe others have uh, experienced that as well but you know that's all I have to say about the five, at least right now, um, kind of transitioning back to, you know, just being sensitive in general, not, you know, only as a five, um, I feel, you know, to put some more context on it that, you know, being sensitive as a guy is also kind of outside the norm. Not to say that all guys are not sensitive, but from what I've seen and experienced, there's definitely things that I pick up on and are, you know, touched by that my other friends aren't and I'm when I'm with them I'm actually more like them you know I feel like when I hang out with them my guy friends my bros I do feel you know like I we all kind of are similar and we all get together and we are uh I don't know we tap into you know some sort of other you know part but in in you know individual life and individual daily things I I bring my own experiences to the group it's not really validated it's not really like common i should say uh, amongst at least them and many of the others i've i've met and talked to, to in my life 
I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, I'm definitely not like, ooh, I should hide this, but it's just, it's rung to me as not as common or understood. I don't feel like it was looked down upon or anything or like, you know, people disapproved. It was more or less just like, oh, like we don't, we don't, we haven't experienced that. We don't, you know, see these things like you do. Uh, and you know, that's just, you know, to me is more of a identifier that, yeah, I guess I am a bit, you know, more sensitive than my friends and even some of my, you know, closer and what I would think to be more sensitive guy friends, you know, I'm not, you know, exactly like, or sensitive in the same way. You know, we could say, you know, people are sensitive, but people are sensitive in different ways and in different capacities and, and in certain areas. I'm not exactly sure, you know, where one's sensitive sensitivity comes from. Like, is it a sensitivity to everything or is it like a sensitivity to like only certain, you know, aspects and, you know, stimuli? Uh, I'm, I'm not fully sure yet, you know, and sometimes I think, as I grew older, I saw that, you know, being sensitive also meant kind of got skewed with or was almost in replacement for, you know, being, you know, sappy and like being over emotional and sentimental, I suppose, also. And it was always seemed as, it always, to me, was labeled as like, a negative thing like it was kind of a joke like it wasn't like it wasn't like people like you know bash me for it or anything but it, it was it was more evident that it was like huh, like a funny kind of like judgment like oh you're like that <laughs> okay right like it was it was never like bashing but it was always kind of like distinctive and a bit novel that I was like that um in a in a bit of like it was seemed more than anything annoying at times or over the top like do you really have to be like that do you really care like really i felt like that uh whether they meant it or not i don't really know um but i think that area like it is a bit you know it's a bit of it's an area of misunderstanding right because i'm being seen as you know, sappy and all these other things that I mentioned, but really it's just like, it's being, I think it's being labeled incorrectly, right? And I don't, th I don't think anyone enjoys being labeled incorrectly. But that's also just been a way in which people have interpreted um, my nature. And I think that's interesting that, you know, people have different labels for things and that they've interpreted me as being, you know, all these other things besides what I would consider myself. And so I think that plays into, you know, being, you know, misjudged in this way or how it's being perceived. You know, it's just another view of, you know, how I function in this world. But yeah, uh, next, I kind of want to transition to, you know, being, you know, sensitive does have its perks, I believe. Um, you know, I mentioned sort of the early, you know, hurdles with being a sensitive person as a kid. And even like being a teen and, and, you know, having friends and the perceptions of, you know, being sensitive, I just talked about those things. And so, you know, there's also the benefits that come along with 
being slightly more sensitive, you know, than I would consider the average. And it wasn't all bad or it wasn't all um, misunderstood. You know, I was also able to figure out what people, you know, actually cared about. I think when people used a lot of their, you know, walls or facades or masks, I was able to see someone through it. Maybe not fully, right? But at least a peek behind. I think because I would pick up on the, you know, slight, you know, words and and mannerisms and even the glances, like I was picking up so much and I felt, and it made me feel a certain way that I, I had a hypothesis, I had a guess about what I had just, you know, witnessed or experienced that others, I guess, wouldn't be privy to. Um, because they weren't picking up on all these things. They may have been picking up on one of the things, you know, one of the aspects, maybe just the words or just the expression. But, you know, for me, it was like putting all these things together and uh, like really absorbing what they were saying because it was, you know, people can say things, but, you know, underneath the meaning, the tone, the the inflections on the words like carry a lot of meaning. They carry so much um, meaning beyond, you know, the words, I think we all know this and, you know, taking that in and processing it correctly can give insight than, you know, just seeing one aspect or, you know, kind of fading out and missing aspects while, you know, thinking of other things or being affected by the experience. People have also, um, said that, that, you know, when we were having a conversation that I picked up on, you know, things that they were surprised by. And this kind of happens most, I think, where like the sensitivity shows is when, you know, I talk to people and something kind of rings to me. I feel like they put it in front of me actually, right? And so then I just pick up on it and I ask them about it. So um, to me, it doesn't feel like it, but I mean, it, it really does, I guess, portray and it definitely portrays to them that, I have picked up on something that, you know, most others haven't, you know, maybe they're saying a line that they've repeated over and over, but, you know, for me just hearing it, you know, I pick up on something that people haven't necessarily asked about an aspect, a quality, a experience that, you know, is there, but just unprocessed or unexplained. And so I just, you know, naturally look at it and go, oh, what's this? Hey, what about that? And so on. And that seems to be a common area where, you know, sensitivity shows up and, you know, causes better conversations and, you know, interesting topics to be brought up. And that's like, that's a good, that's a good thing. I I enjoy it very much when that happens and the other person is, you know, surprised or is, you know, thankful or, pleased that I, you know, picked up on that. It's always, it's always nice. It's a very, you know, nice gem in the conversation, uh, usually a starting point, but also, you know, also throughout, you know, it's part of just the way I converse usually, you know, one could say that, you know, sensitivity and observation kind of go hand in hand. Like you can't, you can be observant, but if you're not sensitive to what you're observing, then, you know, what is the, I guess, benefit or the two qualities combined is, is 
more powerful than either of them separate, you know, greater than the sum of their parts, uh, both of them together. Or, you know, you can, you can kind of say that they're kind of alike and that, you know, one is like intuition and the other one is kind of like a bit more physical or, you know, brain, like uh, more analytical, you know, observing being the more analytical one and, you know, sensitivity being the more uh, intuition-based one. I think that, you know, both combined really um, give the best outcome and I guess strength. And I'd say I kind of, you know, use both. I think I do, you know, observe a lot. Again, kind of a five thing to do. But then also have that sensitivity to it, uh, which, you know, pairs nicely. And it's always, you know, fun when it's appreciated, um, like I said, um, in the in the conversation-wise. But also, you know, that, you know, observant and sensitive part can also be used, you know, what I've seen in the past to, you know, write, you know, very good letters and write... Uh, you know, maybe more artistic things. And when that is used or, you know, given or gifted or whatever, people seem to enjoy that as well. And it serves as, you know, something that is, you know, meaningful because it carries more weight than some, you know, words and phrases do when it's attached to, you know, something that, you know, they feel is a part of them or that I've touched on that is, you know, meaningful and that they care for and that is, you know, maybe representative of them or that is reflectant of our relationship or what season they're in and or, you know, the experience, the shared experiences we've had together, you know, all these, you know, if I can tie those in, I will. And usually it's a positive reception if I can do that. I remember a pretty specific example of just, you know, observation and, and intuition sensitivity combining, um, not in written form, but I guess just merely uh, what I think to be maybe the pinnacle of uh, the two together in my life. Um, I was meeting up with a friend and they seemed very, like very slightly off, like, they were smiling, they jumped in the car, they were, um, you know, conversive, they were, you know, social, whatever, like, they seemed fine by all, you know, metrics that I could measure by, but something just kind of felt off. And so, you know, I was asking them, hey, what's up? Like, what's going on? Is there, is there anything, like, going on? Like, anything? You know, no, no, like, no, good. So, you know, the day, you know, the afternoon kind of goes by and nothing really comes of anything, but we eat lunch and, you know, I'm, I'm asking this person, you know, like, man, is there really, is there really nothing, um, you know, because I can feel something like, man, are you, you not saying something to me? And, you know, eventually, uh, you know, not to, not to pressure, I know this person pretty well, so I didn't, I didn't feel like I was pressuring them. Uh, I was just literally curious because I felt like something was off. And, you know, they eventually told me that their, you know, pet had died, you know, just very recently. And that, you know, this was their, like their, it wasn't like the family's pet. It was like their pet. And, you know, they'd grown up with it and, you know, lived a long time. And they're away from, you know, the, the place or the, you know, the home. And so that kind of affected them. 
you know, I had no idea. Um, and so, you know, that was a time that observation, but also, you know, sensitivity and intuition really gave um, opportunity for, you know, comfort and for for sharing of burdens. And so even though, you know, I've mentioned that it, you know, has caused a bit of disruption in my life and made things kind of maybe the way I am, kind of, you know, makes me act in certain ways and, you know, move in certain ways, it does have, you know, its benefits or its usefulness, I should say, uh, in conjunction with maybe a few other things. You know, it, it has its its own unique upsides. I hope you enjoyed this uh, topic and discussion. Uh, I hope you got something out of it or just merely found it interesting. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to email me at theponderpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.